Knuckles. 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 Daddy, you will give me the snuggles. You stay right there. No, look into my eyes and snuggle me. S stay. Snuggles. Stay. Snuggles. No snuggles. You stay right there. Nope. nope. <laughs> stay. Oh, poor baby. Daddy not letting you snuggle with him. That is the price of admission. It's right. We normally don't even let you in the house. Well, in this part of the room. Nope. Stay. When we're recording. Stay. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of back chatter. Hi! Uh, by the way, uh, um, hey, Carol. Hey, Nick. Carol. What? Welcome to Dork! Yay! No, you say welcome to Dork. You've done this before. Welcome to Dork! Welcome to Dork! Uh, I'm Nick Moore. I'm Carol Moore. And I'm Nick Moore. You're listening to Dork episode, I think is 184. I'm not positive. Anyway, um, as you can tell, uh, I'm doing a podcast this week with my wife, Carol. Um, because James and I missed it last week due to scheduling uh, uh, chaos. Um, and we missed the, the, the recording this on Tuesday, like we normally do. But um, we weren't able to record one because of my schedule whoopsie doos and I wasn't positive that tomorrow wouldn't have the same thing because it's going to be raining tomorrow I'll get stuck in traffic I, I didn't, but anyway just to um, kind of get caught up make sure we got one in the bank uh, Carol and I are recording this so here's me hi I'm Nick and then hi I'm Carol yeah there we go y'all know her um, <laughs> and we're trying an experiment we've left the door open uh, so it's not just us in the bedroom as it normally is it's the four dogs. Uh, and the two cats. And the two cats. Yeah, so it's uh, Moss, Basil, Mime, and Laika, the dogs, and Bob and Christopher, the cats. Um, so hopefully they'll leave the mic the fuck alone um, and not snore with their faces all in the fucking mic and make horrendous noises. And hopefully they won't fart us out of the room. So yeah, again, it's experiment. All the ambient noise you, you'll hear will be from them. If you hear a scream in panic it's because one of these dumbasses has done something to mess with the computer or the mic or I each know. other daddy has no faith in you does he i know none whatsoever no don't encourage him he's gonna just come up and look you can't have his face <laughs> in the mic he's sno he's awake and snoring we can't <laughs> no no that so don't encourage that shit must stop yeah that's i don't think they're gonna last long because they're already fighting stop it there's, there's like th three different dog toys in this room, and they only want the one that the other one has. Most of many do that all day. Anyway, who gives a shit? Y'all don't give a fuck about this shit. <clears throat> um, so last week, Carol and I um took a weekend trip to Houston. Uh, Basil, stop. Yeah, I can, I can fucking see your <laughs> your snores peaking on the on the mic. <laughs> He wants his voice to be heard. Uh, anyway. So last week, Carol and I took a weekend trip to Houston. Um, no, stop. That's fucking disgusting. Don't let him do that. <laughs> like, seriously, don't. That's fucking gross. <laughs> well, I'll put him outside if he can't, like, chill. Because that's gross. I know it drives me nuts. Like, when I listen to a podcast and I hear somebody eating, which lets us out of Basil licking his balls <laughs> through a fucking... Pose, no. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so two weeks ago, <laughs> like, okay, so, long, long story, quickly compressed. Um, the last three years at work has been kind of tense. Um, so tense that like Carol and I haven't really like gone on any vacations or taken any like serious trips. Like we went, went to North Carolina to see my parents, and uh, we took a trip to Oklahoma to get her dad and stuff like that. Like, but they were like trips with a with a purpose you know it wasn't anything casual really it's stuff that we turned casual as much as we could yeah and we didn't have any like stuff planned yeah um so a couple months back carol was like looking at um a website related to one of her favorite starlets miss dita von Teese. 
you may know her as the uh, burlesque dancer that used to be married to Marilyn Manson. The queen of burlesque. Yeah. Um, and Carol's like, oh, she's going to be in Houston. I really want to go see her. And, I was like, and she's been wanting to see her for a while. So I was like, yeah, get the tickets. Let's go. Yeah, at least, what, about 10 or 12 years now I've wanted to see her. Yeah. And she, you know, she has come through New Orleans and we've always missed her. Because her in tickets a, sell fast. Yeah. So, um, I was like, yeah, grab them. You know, let's go check it out. She was at the Revention Center in Houston, which is a great venue. Not too big, not too small. Valet parking. Valet parking, which is very nice. Um, so, I was like, yeah, get them. So, she got them. Um, and then we got a hotel. And we're like, you know, let's just do a weekend. We'll we'll go Saturday. The show's Saturday night. Um it gives us all day Sunday in Houston. There was a uh, Michelangelo exhibit at the MFA, and uh, this other like they always have like an international exhibit. And the one that they had uh, when we were there was Jaipur, India, the Peacock of the Desert, which was fucking amazing. But um, like yeah, we'll do a day. You know, we'll go to the museum and eat and do all kinds of shit and come back Monday. So we did that. Uh, my God, it's nice to be reminded that. Uh, you know, vacations are important. Even like little weekend mini breaks. Um, Jesus. In fact, in some ways they're more fun because they don't cost as much and there's far less planning involved. Yeah. And you're, you're, you know, there and back. And like when you, when you're like us and you basically live in one of the houses from Pokemon, um, you kind of get a little nervous when you fall asleep and there's like no animals in the room. (laughs) You know, you're like, Hey, who's going to let us know if somebody opens the door or somebody three doors down farts like you know there's nobody gonna be freaking out um and it's just it's just weird you just get used to it believe it or not i, I know y'all are hearing this shit <laughs> yeah when you live with frenchies you you're basically living with two little fat dudes who the doctor is like you've got type 2 diabetes you got to knock this shit out like you're snoring when you're wide awake you're gonna lose your foot that that's what living with frenchies is like it's like having a couple of danny devitos running around that want to be petted and don't finish their food unless you stand there and watch them. So yeah, um, so last Saturday we went up, we went up to New Orleans, and uh, I mean to Houston. Saturday before last, wasn't it? Yes, Saturday, Saturday before last. Um, we went to Houston and saw Dita Von Dies. Uh How was that, girl? It was one of the most amazing things I have ever seen in my entire life. And I'm going to book tickets again when she comes by clothes. But this time I am spending the outrageous amount of money and I'm going to meet her. It was cool. It was not just cool. It was fantastic. They had a bathtub on the middle of the stage with running water. Yeah, they put a water pump in the bottom of it. Yeah, it, it was still amazing. It was still amazing. Yeah, it was It was very cool. Um, You know, for a traveling show, the kind of staging stuff that they had... It was a lot of big props, and you know each of the she. This was uh, Dita Von Teese in the Copper Coop, which is basically Copper Coop Coupe. is her. Is it Cooper? It's, it's Coop. Um, Copper Coop, Coop, not like the car, like the, the uh, drink. No, like the uh, champagne glass. Yeah. Champagne is served in either a flute or a coupe. The coupe is the short one that you usually see at brunch, and the flute is the the tall one that you you know people toast with. Um, but she was with uh, an entourage she had a, a bunch mm-hmm. of different dancers and so what we saw was basically a review of different burlesque styles yep um and it was it was cool plus titties well i wasn't as thrilled by the titties i i really liked the just the, the grandeur of everything that was going on it, it was like those strips that you used to see in cartoons when mm-hmm. you were a kid yeah. that Tex Avery used to draw. And yeah. then there was that Looney Tunes with the lady with the bubble and then the bubble pops and she's wearing the barrel. Mm. Um, and I just loved that. And so, and Dita, you know, she does that vintage thing and burlesque is vintage. So it's just, it's amazing. It is stripping and there is nudity, but it's, it's like, it's beautiful and stylish and yeah. And, and sparkly. And Ryan, you know, Swarovski crystals everywhere. and Yeah, a lot of Swarovski. Um, it kind of makes you want to strip. I mean, you wouldn't... Most people can't do it quite so stylishly and expensively, and you end up being on a pole, and I don't want to do that. But if I could burlesque, I would do that. Yeah, it was... 
Yeah, it was neat. Like I, I I'm telling you, as somebody who doesn't really give a shit, I I watched and I was like, yeah, I I could stuff some ones into this. Like, there was a lot of um, you know, like somebody did it. Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. So there was like, there was like, there was this uh, one chick that came came out and uh, she had like a long silk scarf that she manipulated a bunch of different ways to where yeah. she was hiding behind I, it. I and guarantee you she was a, rhythm, a rhythmic gymnastic at one point in her life. R- rhythmic gymnast? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, there was another chick that came out and did uh, the thing with the big feather fans. Uh, another one with the bow. Like, you know, all the different stuff. There's one that did a whole triptease with a, a bathtub full of bubbles. Like, it, it was cool. Um, but it didn't really count as a show until the opening of the second act. Uh, which was uh, uh, just a whole ten-minute-long number that was just just leather fetish. <laughs> and Dita riding a, a. So yeah, in the a, center of the stage is a giant. <laughs> like Dita Vontis has her own Mac lipstick, uh, color. lipstick color, and on the middle of the stage is a giant replica of her Mac lipstick color, which she proceeds to get on, like the guy at the end of Doctor Strange Love gets on the bomb and then it turns out the big old lipstick is a mechanical bull and she rides it um around the stage for an obscene amount of time it was fantastic yeah it was pretty hot uh and there's like you know lights come in lasers and shit like my id exploded there was nothing (laughs) i'm just like this is far too much sexual overload for me i got nothing left and they encouraged it they really did. The uh, MC is a guy named Johnny McGovern, who was fucking brilliant. Who's your daddy? Yeah, he he was a fantastic MC, uh, very engaging, a lot of fun. He had a running joke with the stuff Fans. written on his... He had a fan with him that he would flip out and had different things written on it. Um, but as a guy who was like, yeah, I don't really have any interest in this or their history, it was it was fascinating. If, you, if Dita Vantis comes through and you get a chance to see her, by all means check that shit out bring the whole family is great you gotta dress for it though like yeah the um like it's not like your typical strip show where you can wear like jeans and a t-shirt and you're like i'll fit in no you won't yeah it's (laughs) it's a lot of like you know like a lot of vintage wear a lot of like diesel punk like crossover like so chicks wearing like 1940s style but with lots of tattoos and so it, it was one of the coolest lines I've ever been in I was mm-hmm. just like man this is this is a very neat experience you get in there everybody's there um, for the same reason they kind of dig they dig the style and that, that style though crosses over a, all, a, a lot of genres so mm-hmm. like you know Carol and I used to work for 13th Gate Haunted House and that aesthetic of like people that are real into like horror and goth shit, uh-huh. that's Dita Vantis totally touches that. Um, Carol's more into dressing like she's right out of the 40s and 50s. Yep. Um, and that was touched. Then there was the diesel punks, and then there were like just chicks in corsets. There were chicks in corsets. There were kids, there were chicks in 50s style prom gowns. There, I mean. My personal favorite, and I wish I had spoken to this couple, were the two girls in the, um, like, tiki mm-hmm. outfits. Yeah. They had the full-on 40s hair. The girls were, excuse me, hiked up to Jesus. Their tits. Yeah. And they looked good. But the one that I, I wish I would have, like, talked to her, for no other reason than to find out if she made her dress or if she bought her dress, was the tall one in the, like, the sarong wraparound dress. Mm-hmm. She looked amazing. Everybody, but a lot of people looked amazing. Like, part of the fun was just seeing what other people were wearing. Yeah, um, and again, it, it ranged all sizes. Like, there was a burlesque dancer on stage named Dirty Martini. Dirty Martini. Dirty Martini is not stout. She's not heavy, upset, heavy, heavy set. She is what a doctor would call morbidly obese. She's very big. She is. But she did a whole burlesque routine involving a carousel horse that it was fantastic. And then at the end of it, she comes out and she's just in her G-string and uh, nipple tassels. And 
proceeded to go through a number of nipple tassel tricks, which are a thing, and she's apparently a world expert in it. Um, uh, who was it? Dita Von Teese herself was like, this is like the future of, of burlesque. She, well, she says that um, Dirty Mar- well, Dirty Martini for the world of burlesque is almost as well known as Dita Von Teese. Like, Dita Von Teese is more of a worldwide name, whereas if you're into burlesque, Dirty Martini is a big, big name. Yeah, and... And she, and she was a big, big girl, but it was still, it was still fantastic. She was still very erotic, um, and it wasn't like, there wasn't like a morbid fascination. I'm like, oh, look at this fat chick, do uh-uh. it. Within the first thirty seconds, you're not really paying attention to the, f- you, like her size suddenly completely goes away, yeah. and that, that was something um, we discussed. Like, one of the things that makes, that made it work, and that made so many of the ladies at the show work and pull off the outfits they were wearing, no matter how revealing they were, was the amount of confidence behind it. Yep. Um, the fact that it wasn't done shyly or like, I'm being, I'm trying something with the girls. No, it's just like, this is what I wear. This is me out here in this. It fucking works. Mm-hmm. Confidence is a tremendous um, uh, boost to uh, attractiveness. That's, that's the only way I can put it. Like, just being like, look, this is me, this is where I'm at, um, you know, check it out. It it, um, it really tweaks things. It's, yeah. You know, more than lipstick or stockings or whatever, just being confident in who you are. And so, I mean, like, to put it in perspective, Dirty Martini, big girl. Um, Very sexy lady. On stage, almost completely naked, rolls and all, and was still pulling it off. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't like, gross, cover yourself up. It was like, no, this works. Like, she's really pulling it off. She's yeah. she's a big girl, but she's she's owning it. She's like, the, yeah, this is who I am. I am bearing it all on stage, and it fucking works. Yeah. Um, and nobody, nobody in that audience was fat shaming. She got just as much yells and cheers as Dita. Yeah. And again, <laughs> it, it just came down to, to confidence and being willing to put herself out there. And it's, you know, she's... She's and it's the only way you're getting nipple tricks because Dita doesn't do nipple tricks. Yes. Period. She says she likes to be the best at what she does, and that is not one of her fortes, whereas it is dirty martinis. So. Yeah, she did shit like she could alternate them, and she did like one at a time, which was very impressive. <laughs> and she really did like was. a helicopter where she would alternate the twists and then like lean back, and so they were. Co- it, I don't know. Yeah, the girl had skills. Yeah, and again, it was you know, it was art, but it's very dirty, and the beauty of it was that they very much embrace that they're like hey we're this is we're we're here to be naughty but it's naughty like tongue-in-cheek naughty exactly where you leave and you don't feel you don't wake up the next morning you'll be like what the fuck what happened did i watch what no. was i thinking ew it was absolutely delightful it was it was delightful and about 80 percent of the audience i'd say was female mm-hmm. yeah very heavily female um and i'd say of all the guys there about half of them were gay um, which did not go unremarked by everyone there. <laughs> like, <laughs> they took great pride in uh, pulling, like pointing out the straight dudes in the in the audience and be like, "Yeah, oh, okay." So, like at one point, there was you know of all the burlesque dancers, one of them was a dude. Uh, and what was his name? Jet something? No, yeah, it, was, it was it was Jet something. Um, but he came out like kind of an Azoro thing, big cape, big hat, mask. Uh. Along his back was a Swarovski crystal Z that covered the entirety of his back, a big silver Z. His uh, naked back. Yeah, <laughs> he was wearing nothing but a sparkly cock sock. But you didn't see the cock sock till the very end. Till the very end. Yeah, he was like hiding deftly behind his cape, but sure off, sure fuck it as well, showing off that crotch V of you know that little thing, little divot. Oh yeah. And well, the pelvis. Yeah, women find that sexy. Yeah, as dude, do gay men. Dude was fucking ripped. Um, but at the end of it, the MC John McGurman comes out and he goes, yeah, straight man, I got to tell you, you're all gay now. Ha ha! <laughs> we fooled you. It was all buttering you up to this. You're all gay. <laughs> I think they live for having one straight guy on the front row and when they can have there that was, one straight guy on the front row. There was one straight dude there with his girlfriend who did quickly was not cool with what was going on. <laughs> And they were making so much fun of him. He was like, yeah, I see you there with your arms crossed. 
Like, no, it's ain't for me. Yeah, you're gay now. I'm sorry. Like, it, it's I worth... I love the mer- emergency exit instructions, too. You know, like, find your lesbians. <laughs> Fortunately, ours were directly in front of us. Yeah, it's like, if anything goes wrong, find the lesbians. They're the only ones who know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, the show's worth seeing just for Johnny McGovern. The, the MC, he was he was fantastic. Um, if you ever want to know, like... He's got a weird Christmas special thing on YouTube. Yeah, Johnny McGovern's a dude's name. Uh, he's on Instagram as well, but he, he, he doesn't update his site as much as he... Like, he, he took selfies from stage. He's like, yeah, go check out my Instagram. But they, they weren't on there. There was, like, two on there from a show, like, months ago. Oh. But, again, it's, it's worth seeing just to see, uh, like, a really talented MC working a crowd and being, you know, like, anybody that professional. Like, uh... Elvira was good yeah, when uh, we saw her um, on the yeah, she, at the Apollo Ball. She worked a crowd as well as he did. Yeah, um, Magic Mike or Mike Darden uh, goes by the name Magic Mike is a guy uh, James and I used to do stand up with. That has he's a magician, and he's gotten very very good. He he's won all these international competitions. He's, he's a fantastic magician, but he regularly gets MC gigs in New Orleans, um, and it's not it's not an easy job. You know, no. when you're going out to a cold crowd and you're going to get them worked up. And the big thing the MC does is he keeps the crowd pumped in between acts. So they got to change out the set uh, or do costume changes or whatever. You got to kill about five minutes in between the big parts of the show. Uh, and it's not it's not a simple gig. So seeing a professional like like John McGovern work was, was a lot of fun. And then there were tits in between it. So like it was it was fun. So we got back and gorgeous. Gorgeous costumes. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous oh. costumes. A uh, lot of a lot of time and effort went into all of it. Um, Indeed, I only wears Christian Louboutin shoes. Custom made Louboutin shoes. If that's not erotic right there, I don't know what is. So yeah, it was that was cool. Um, then, uh, so we go back to the hotel, and we had uh found a, we made sure we got a hotel that had a little mini fridge so we brought a bag picnic which is one of carol and i's favorite things to do um where you it's basically like having a picnic but in bed um but you don't do sandwiches no sandwiches like meat tray and cheese yeah, and like a charcuterie with yeah cheeses and salamis and grapes and carrots and yeah so we packed one of those along um and a picnic basket and a picnic basket and so we got back to the hotel and that was Writing for us, we were good to go. So we didn't have to find a restaurant. We didn't have to try to find some place that stayed up late, and we didn't have to have McDonald's or something. Wake up the next morning, and it's Sunday. Time for brunch. Uh, so we here's 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 the thing. If you're not a big traveler, or if you are a traveler and you keep getting suckered into shitty food, this is what you do. You go and you ask the people working the front desk at the hotel, and you say, "Where's the best place for blank? You know, I want this." Where's the best place in town? Don't give me the tourist bullshit. Where do you go? Mm-hmm. You know, so where would you go for this? Yeah, and and talk to him for a second. Don't just go up and just say, "Hey, where should I go?" Because there's a pretty good chance that they have incentive to send you to one place where they're like, "Yeah, you go check this place out. It's closed, or they have a deal with the hotel, or something like that." Yep. Ask them where they go to eat, and they're locals. You know, they'll they'll send you in the right place. Otherwise, you're going to end up with some tourist bullshit that's going to be overpriced and they're playing Jimmy Buffett on the fucking radio. No, like, go, they, where do you, so we're like, where do you go for, for brunch? Um, there's a joint called La Peep, which is, like, around here, it's another broken egg, but it's the same kind of place, but, you know, it's what we were looking for, which is, like, a kind of a, a diner-level hefty breakfast. Yes. And uh, they were kind enough to give me the breakfast I ordered, plus... Biscuits and gravy because Carol talked me out of ordering the. Um, well, you wanted to order two breakfasts. You wanted to get the br- the biscuits and gravy, which in and of itself was a breakfast, and yeah. then you wanted to get the eggs and the sausage and the bacon yeah, and. The, yeah, it was like the hangover special. Or and I'm like, why don't you just ask if you can switch your toast out? Because I wanted both. <laughs> it's fucking breakfast. Like I don't get full breakfast all the time, and when I do, I'm like a drunken five-year-old <laughs> it's really bad <laughs> i'm like yes okay so i want i want a coffee and i want a bloody mary and i want the big 
uh, breakfast sampler with all that, and I want a side of biscuits and gravy, and I want, oh my goodness, getting me the fruit plate as well, because I need something kind of healthy, uh, but also the cheese plate, because I got the fruit plate, so I deserve the cheese plate <laughs> on top of it, and does any of this come with pancakes? No, then give me a side of pancakes, just two, I'm taking it easy, but bring the whole <laughs> syrup, and I want a pot of coffee, don't bring me just... Like, I want the espresso to start, and I'm going to have the Bloody Mary to take the edge off the espresso, and then I just need the coffee, and then maybe a glass of water, because <laughs> my kidneys hurt. <laughs> so, give me the But Carol was kind enough to go, hey, don't do that. Well, because we still had a museum to go to. Yeah, we did have to go to the museum. And we... <laughs> so, after brunch... Okay, so here's the thing. If you go... If you, you can... If you're finding a hotel in a city that you know you're going to be running around in... Check and see if they have a shuttle mm-hmm. and check the range of the shuttle because our hotel had a shuttle, which we quickly took advantage of. Like Carol found a, a hotel right next to the Metro Rail, which Houston's Metro Rail is fucking fantastic. Buck 25, you can ride all day um, and it'll take you from, you know, your hotel to the parks and museums and all like all over. It's one of the most heavily trafficked um Rail, you know, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, public transit systems based on um, daily use in the world. And uh, it's fantastic, but our hotel had the shuttle, and <laughs> they're like, yeah, just because it was the hotel we said was the Marriott Museum and Medical District. Most people that stay there are there to go to the uh, MD Anderson hospital, yeah. uh, Cancer Hospital. So that's what the shuttle does. It shuttles people back and forth. But... As long as it's within a two-mile radius of the hotel, they'll take you wherever you want to go. Yeah. And so we're and like... And pick you up. And pick you up. They're like, here's the number. So we pimped that bitch the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so they took us to brunch, and then they came and picked us up. And we um, changed clothes and um, went to... Freshened up. Yeah, freshened up. And then that didn't take us to the museum and the museum uh we you know we went in and it was like 25 dollars to see the michelangelo thing 25 dollars to see the uh jaipur india thing and then it's like another 15 to do the main museum yeah, it was gonna cost us about 100 bucks total yeah so uh the lady was like oh wait well it's the last day of the michelangelo exhibit and if you're going to see jaipur we'll just put it all together it's so, special <laughs> yeah so if you can do that you can see those two exhibits it'll be 25 dollars for the one and then plus one dollar for the other so it'd be 26 dollars to see both do you want to do the main museum as well and we're like no we're just gonna do those two and so she so it cost us about 50 51 52 dollars when it was supposed to cost us like a hundred and yeah so so we get the tickets just for the special exhibits and there's two parts to the museum of fine arts uh across the street from each other so we go to the michelangelo thing which was small but we've been you know, we've we've been to the Vatican. But to be fair, we've been to the Vatican. Well, no, what I'm saying is, it, it we've been to the Vatican. The exhibit really was kind of an addendum to the Vatican. It was yeah. like, it's like here's some of the studies and some of the artists that influenced Michelangelo. The architectural he, drawings were really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the the cartoons. Yeah, were really cool. But by cartoons, it's the studies, the full size studies that artists did before they did the actual work right so it's like a pencil sketch by michelangelo but when i say that the pencil sketch is done on like 10 or 12 pieces of paper that he's glued together very on very large paper that he's glued together so that it's the size of the painting and the paintings are huge like the size of what your wall would be in your house yeah so that that was neat um and then you know it was, it was so the artists that influenced Michelangelo, and then some of the audience, uh, some of the artists that were influenced by Michelangelo. Um, and it was a, a collection that was on loan from the Vatican, I want to say. Um, I think it was a private collection. Was it? Yeah, from someone who lives near the Vatican, though. Okay. Like it's been in the family for a while. So we saw that, and there was a way to exit, where you ended up going into the renaissance wing of the museum and so we exited and you know they're like once you exit that way you can't go back in so we're like oh no they let us into the main museum without us having paid for it so we stole culture we spent about four (laughs) hours just touring the 
main the hey no one told us we had to leave no and they gave us the little sticker thing so yeah, i'm did. not 100 percent convinced that she didn't give us the sticker incorrectly which let us in everything yeah so we 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 spent a, a really long time <laughs> touring the main collection of the houston museum of fine art we did and i wish we were classier people we're not it was no. still fucking culture left right but the, the the houston museum of fine art is a fantastic collection a lot of um Italian Renaissance, uh, Dutch masters, um, modern art ranging, you know, all the way from Kandinsky and um, Jackson Pollock and Picasso. Like, it, it, yeah, that you can see a Monet, you can see a Pollock, but then they've also got stuff from like Tiffany. Yeah, you know, like it's it's and uh, there's a great Americana s- section of it. It's it's a really it's a really good museum, and if you live. In Louisiana, it's four hours. Just go hop over, check it out, enlighten yourself, broaden your mind, as the Joker would say. Well, the last time, was it the last time we went, we saw, what was it? Caravaggio. Caravaggio. That was insanely amazing. Yeah. And we got to see it not on its last weekend, so it wasn't as crowded. Yeah, that was the other thing. It was the last weekend, and it was uh, was a little busy. So, but it was insane. The Caravaggio, because it's just the sheer size. Yeah, you don't realize looking at it in, in art books how fucking huge Caravaggio's paintings were. Or how small some paintings were. What was it that we saw that we you think it's this big, huge painting and it's literally almost the size oh, of a postcard? Oh, that was the, the, uh, the Van Dyke um, Adam and Eve panel. Like, I, I remember from my art history class, I thought it was a, I thought it was a huge, like, screen, like a panel from the back of a, a church. And it was about eight by six. Yeah, it wasn't big at all. Like it looked like almost like it went into a book or something. Yeah. So, it, it, that was great. Um, so we 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 toured through the main exhibit, and I I did an uh, updated live on Facebook as we walked through, and made fun of some of the greatest works of art in in Western. Uh, and by made fun, like we didn't say things like this guy can't paint or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, we really, really ripped into Picasso. Yeah. Look at this fucking clown. But like there was one with a mother with her daughter and it really honestly like I kind of pulled Nick aside and I was like, Nick, doesn't it look like she's saying, Mom, you ever have that not so fresh feeling? And Mom's like, come with me, my love. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So we had a lot of fun poking fun at some of the some people who will be remembered for all time for being great artists. Um, I bet if they could have heard our jokes, they would have thought we were hilarious. I'm sure they would have cracked the fuck up. <laughs> when I think of, Dutch, of the Dutch masters, I think just of tremendous but sense of humor. <laughs> um, but then we, we uh, stepped outside. It was hot as balls. It was 90 degrees, but it no was Houston humidity. hot. No humidity. <laughs> so we were like, yay, it's springtime. <laughs> There are tourists passing out left and right, and we're just frolicking around like we're in, you know, Seattle or Maine or somewhere where it's not, you know, it's ah, it's summertime, it's 70 degrees, kill me now. But parked right outside the museum was a Vietnamese food truck that was selling all kinds of fancy teas, and we got a... And food. We were very sad that we'd eaten enough brunch that we still weren't hungry enough to eat the food. Yeah, because they had all of it. They had, you know, banh mi and pho and, like, these, like... And it looked spring good. Rolls. Yeah. And the lady, like, it was authentic Vietnamese. The lady barely spoke English. Right. So I, my stomach was like, motherfucker, we don't have space for this. <laughs> so we ended up, like, settling for... We got a couple of peach teas, which had bits of, like candied peach in them yes um and so they gave us those big wide straws that you normally get when you have bubble tea bubble tea um so like when you drank you would suck up pieces of the dried little candied peach it was great oh so good (laughs) so then we crossed the street over to the other side of the mfa um to check out jaipur peacock of the desert and like the last time we went to the MFA, there the the article the um, special exhibit they had from the uh, eastern side was treasures of or uh, gifts of Islam, mm-hmm. um, which gave us a whole insight into the Islamic culture of, of gift giving, um, but on that sultan level yeah scale like there was a a rug in there that was 
mounted up on the walls that, that hung from the ceiling of the main hall of the MFA there. It was just huge. I'm, I mean, three stories high. Yeah. And draped along the ground at the bottom and covered the whole wall. Um, easily worth tens of millions of dollars. Like, it, it was just just the sheer exuberance of, of what they're, you know, just... just dripping with extravagant ridiculousness yep and the whole exhibit was like that and like all of the, the they had a, a lot all the of uh, crayons, illuminated crowns illuminated crayons on and so they were just you see illuminated things in pictures and you see them on tv but when you but see in, like they they wrote it like they they wrote it the quran by hand and then went back with gold leaf to cover the bits of like it's yeah, insane it, yeah it really really is so the uh, the Indians gave the fucking uh, Islamists a run for their money uh, because, like, the first thing that we saw when we walked in was a elephant, elephant. with uh, the little seat on its back and just covered in these silk decorations. Uh, and they're like, oh, that's so nice of you. I, I'm not even going to do the Apu thing. It's, people are really mad about Apu right now. But, like... <laughs> like I feel fine doing that fucking voice because uh, half the exhibit was weapons, and for fuck's sake, it, it, just Google camel gun, see what that looks like, because it's very scary. Yeah, and punch dagger. Oh, the punch daggers are very pretty. Oh my god. Well, punch daggers themselves are not pretty, but the ones that were on this exhibit were like hey, covered in rubies here's my and very emeralds lethal, and lethal weapon that I'm going to decorate with rubies and diamonds because why not? Like they could, they could give Trump a lesson on what do you do with money. Like one of the things that there was a Rolls Royce. Oh, um, I uh, love vintage. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, a 1937 Rolls Royce that was stainless. No, it was polished aluminum. Polished aluminum. The whole body oh. was polished aluminum, and it had a tiger hunting spotlight on it. The glass wasn't tinted; it was blue sapphire glass. To hide because the ladies are riding in the back, and so it's for their privacy. Like, it, it, it was bananas. Like, let's put it this way: in the same room was an airplane, and my husband didn't notice the airplane. Yeah, I walked in and here for a good ten minutes because he was so entranced by the car. It was fucking amazing, and until I like it, I seriously had to do a full lap of the car, and I looked over, and there's a fucking airplane. Um. Like a, a single engine that they used to to hop between villages, and I didn't notice it. I didn't notice the fucking plane because of this just delicious fucking automobile, um, and it wasn't like like something straight out of Indiana Jones. Yeah, man, it was awesome, um, but yeah, like India can show you how to spend some fucking money, like how like to spend what? time doing like silk beadwork and just there was a rug that was made out of silver and ivory okay that's what the rug was woven out of i still don't know how you weave ivory it was silver thread and strips of ivory thread like they made they shaved it off an elephant's tusk to make it with silver silver to make this fucking rug it yeah it it was amazing well what also was amazing was like for me, because I'm a girl, um, when they had the jewelry, they'd have like the anklets. And like on the front of the anklets and on the top of the anklets would be like, these are diamonds. Flat and diamonds. Emeralds. They're flat diamonds covering the whole top of it. I'm like, wow. But on then the, you'd see the bottoms that nobody sees. Which is ruby and emerald enamel work. So that when they kick up their heels when they're dancing, you see this flash of color. Like, it's fucking. But the only reason India has not conquered the entire world is because. Instead of having a, a two-party system, they've got like a 180-party system, and it's goddamn chaos. Also, I think their food keeps them from branching out too far from a toilet at any given time. Well, that or be like, did you taste what they tried to feed us? I'm going back home. Yeah, man, Indian food is really good. <laughs> like, it's another level. They, Like, you can't have been raised on Indian food and then, like, be given a bacon cheeseburger and, and you know, well, be okay with it. I don't know. No, bacon cheeseburgers are good, but... Indian food's so fucking complex. Okay, because you know, like every everything. There's my friend from India who, would, like, when she had the burger, she was like, "I'm having the burger," and I'm like, "Grace, she's like, don't tell my mother." Like, I was gonna call <laughs> India and go, "Excuse me, are you, beeps, mother?" She's yeah. eating beef. She's eating beef right now. Oh, 
And she stole a water container because <laughs> she thought she it was did cool. She stole a water bottle, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's amazing. But I, I love going to exhibits like that just so that you can be slapped in the face with, like, like for the when the average American thinks of India, they think Apu, and it's immediately, you know, it, it immediately denig- Apu from The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, that's not what I think. Uh, no, House of Pete and Um, but like, but it's because you've hung out with Indian people. So oh, like, no, no, so no, when like we have when you have when you have that idea no, of. No, I'm an older generation. When I used to think of Indian people, I thought of the big scary dude in Annie. The bodyguard. He was from India. Wasn't he the Jamaican dude from the Seven Up commercials? Yes, but he was. He was a black to be, man. He was supposed to be Indian. He had the turban and the big old like he was. Sup- I know he wasn't, but he was supposed to be. He racist, was. but no. So I wasn't <laughs> racist. I didn't cast him. I was five years old. So anyway, and he was cool. Anyway, it's important to see those kind of things because it, it like put your head back in the right place and be like, oh yeah, these motherfuckers invented calculus. I totally forgot. Um, so yeah, went and saw that. Went back to the hotel. Uh, hopped in the indoor pool, which was. Awesome. And because it was Sunday, everybody had checked out. Another travel tip. If you can, try to stay on the off travel days because then the hotel will be virtually empty and you'll have all of the amenities to yourself. Yeah, so the pool was great. Then we went back to the room. We had sex in the shower, which is awesome. It's, I, because I say you never that. run out of warm water. Yeah. Um, and then we went, to, we went back downstairs we asked them where to go for Tex-Mex because we were like, we were going to go like grab a steak or do Italian. Because there was this Italian place we'd been to before that has a very awesome pesto pasta. Yeah. So we were going to do that. But we're like, you know what? We're in Texas. We're in Houston. Let's let's see about doing like actual Tex-Mex. Let's, let, let's do it. Because we haven't. Every time we've gone to Texas, we've done there more like, let's go to Chinatown or let's go to this type food. Yeah. But the Chinatown rarely, in Houston's really good. Yeah. But very rare. Never had we said, you know what? Let's go ahead and do the Tex-Mex or ribs or something like that. We always so had something kind of ethnic. They sent us to her, uh, Cyclone Anias. Cyclone Anias. Cyclone Anias. Um, Cyclone Anaya was a wrestler. He, he went... He like won all the awards in Mexico, and then he came and joined the pro wrestling circuit in the U.S. Um, and then, I guess, opened a Mexican restaurant, as one does, just like sumo wrestlers do. Yeah, and football player coaches and stuff in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I'm, I'm serious. It's like, hey, yeah, I was in a sport. Now I'm gonna own a restaurant. Yeah, the sumo wrestlers when they retire, the the main food for sumo wrestlers is this stuff they called chanco, which is like just this high high nutrition high calorie uh hot pot style soup kind of like japanese gumbo um but they eat it all the time and it's it's delicious so when you know you're not sumo wrestling anymore and you still got bills to pay you open up a chango restaurant and because you ain't walking your knees are bad yeah and people come flocking in especially if you were you know famous Oh, yeah. Um, we definitely need to check out Kekadee's when he retires. Kekadee! Yeah. Um, so, Cyclone Eyes was great. I got a seafood, or, yeah, a seafood enchilada that had this, like, Chardonnay cream. Sauce. It, was, it was ridiculous. It's stuff I'd never order when I go out for I Mexican seriously normal. need to figure out how to make that Chardonnay cream sauce. Yeah, it was stupid good. Um, and, yeah, it was, a, it was a great little trip, but. It has been so fucking long since we just took a trip together that I, like, we, we forgot how important that shit is. Like, you, every now and then you have to take a break from the business of being married. Which isn't, like, it's not a soul-rending business. Get that is. Uh, it's not a soul-rending business. But, like, when you don't have the moments of not just paying attention to the day-to-day work of uh, just you know, living in a house together and getting shit done. Um, it's a refresher. Like we've been crazy lovey dovey since we got back. Yeah. It just we really it, have. It like hit a, hit a reset button. Um, I, I recently like this, this last week has been like really, you know, y'all know I've been doing shipped because I got laid off because my 
in the worst fucking possible way possible. Anyway, so I started doing shipped, and uh, it's finally gotten to the place because I've, I've kept my stats up and I've got my regulars. It kind of built my my base up that now it's I'm actually making money doing it. So I'm not on unemployment anymore. Yay! Uh, and hopefully I'll be getting like a real fucking job. But for now, um, I've gotten very good at buying people groceries. <laughs> so that's a bit of exciting news from the last week. Um, but again, we were like, it's we've gotten to the point finally where we, you know, for three years at my last job, we were so nervous about maybe me losing my job that we weren't. Like we still lived our lives. We don't. We didn't like clam up or like hide in our shells or anything, but we got a little tight mm-hmm. as far as like, well, we can't spend money to have fun or anything because maybe something might happen or whatever. And then once shit finally happened, and we dealt with it and kept going, it was kind of this huge breath of air mm-hmm. after being submerged for so long. So like last Saturday, like we went to brunch. Oh, more brunch. Brunch is arguably the best meal. Yeah, we went to City Port uh, on Jefferson, and for fuck's sake, they don't fuck around. They they do a really good espresso. It's community's espresso roast beans, but um, stateside, after coming back from like Rome, where they don't fuck around with espresso, um, it, they do a really good job. Like, it's enough to perk you up, and they do a, a mean Bloody Mary, and... I had an aviator. Oh, yeah, Kirk got an, an aviation. aviation. Yeah, Kirk got an aviation cocktail. And a very few people make those. And it's got, ugh, if you haven't had a drink with creme de violet before, find a place. Have an aviator. Aviation. Yeah. It's delicious. It's great. And, and City Pork is just fantastic. But, like, right before we got to City Pork, a dude had come around that curve on Jefferson way too fast in his Mustang. And. Uh, plowed through the sign for the urgent care, through the fence, the business, the law office next to it, and almost hit City Pork. So we pull in. We were the first people in the parking lot, and there are just a shitload of cops all over the place. And this dude's bashed up fucking car, and this forlorn-looking dude going, "I just hope I'm not going to jail." Uh, so that that was the start to our day, and uh, I didn't remember that. You didn't remember that at all? Nope. You didn't see all the cop cars and everything? I mean, I remember n- now that you say it, but, like, that wasn't something, like, I, I you want to ask me the food? <laughs> I can remember all that, but I completely forgot about the wreck. Yeah. So that happened Saturday morning. Stop! Moss has a thing where he likes to lick Carol's feet. Well, right now he's licking my ankles. Oh, good. Yeah, that's fine. But, yeah. So, yeah, that was, um, that was the last week. Um... And there's a bit of filler for this week. Thanks for filling in, baby. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, James will be back for next week. Um, probably not talking about naked ladies. Probably not. But maybe. I don't know. I, I like making James talk about things and make him uncomfortable. It's when he's at his podcasting best. <laughs> um, we we just finished Mindhunter. Yes. Which we're way behind on, but it's a good show. Especially since... Because I'm... You know, you can uh, totally skip the first episode, though. You know, watch the first episode. You could skip it. No, don't. You could. Um, but <laughs> because I'm spending all day driving around and grocery shopping, I'm listening to podcasts, and I've really gotten into catching up on last podcast on the left, which talks a lot of it's a lot of stuff about it's if it's not aliens or astrology or something stupid like that, it's serial killers, and um, so yeah, I, I'm hanging out with soccer moms listening to the most insane violent nightmares going on so Carol's like yeah let's watch murder because uh, it turns out ladies love watching true crime heavily and if you don't believe me go ahead and subscribe to my favorite murder which is another one that uh, like my favorite murder is well Patton Oswald's wife used to like yeah she was a true crime writer um but my favorite murder is talking about true crime but censored and it's super super PC last podcast on the left is talking about true crime but the way guys do it 
when they don't have to worry about watching their mouths. Uh, and they're like, if you want to hear what comedians sound like when they're just talking, listen to last podcast on the le- last pack, last podcast on the left. Um, because the, when you, if if you go to like a stand up show, uh, like an open mic, and you see all the comedians hanging out in the back, that's where the true funny is happening. That's where the hilarious is happening. We love watching people eat shit, and we love making the worst joke, like making the jokes that we can't tell on stage. Like if you you hear the most offensive comedian you've ever heard. He's got nothing on what comedians tell each other. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for hopping on board, baby. Oh, you're welcome, my love. Uh, and with that, I'm Nick Moore. And I'm Carol Moore. And I'm Nick Moore, and you have been dorked. I'll see you next week, folks. No. Did you finish your wine? No. Yeah, I tried to get Carol liquored up because I like that she's a little tipsy in the podcast. Um, I'm sorry. It's fine. You're too tober. I was too full. Somebody has to be. I have pasta and carbs. It's been like four days since I've had carbs. I have a never-ending hollow leg with a black hole in my ankle. Consumes everything. Right. So you're Irish. I.